How are you doing today? This is the Jeff Salgado podcast with my co-host, Mike Boyd. How you doing, Mike? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. This is February 1st, 2020. We are in Sacramento, California, and we are loving life with this beautiful weather. Sunny California, 64 degrees. Cannot complain. Must be a climate change or global warming or nuclear holocaust, whatever's coming. Can't wait. I'll be dead. This podcast is primarily about music. We're going to talk about all kinds of things. Uh, whatever comes to our mind. We both are in bands. We've played in bands. Uh, we predominantly will be around the metal and punk genres and whatever comes around. Uh, I don't have any kind of favorite. I personally have come from the punk scene when I was a kid. That's what I loved. I mean, I liked heavy metal when I was really young, but got into punk rock later when I was in high school and just stuck with that until I eventually crossed over to metal again, just in that genre. Just so related. Yeah. I mean, they're both rebellious. They're both angry. They're both pissed. And uh, the, the thing about my age is I'm relatively old. I'm almost I'm going to be 50 next month. And I was in a time in the 80s, in the late 80s, when punk and metal crossed over. And that was my shit. You know, when you had SOD, DRI, COC, which tragically, uh, Reed Mullen, the uh, drummer, just recently he passed just away. He just passed away. Very heartbroken about that. Super bummed. And uh, rest in peace and kudos. And also, we also have Josh Pappy, the bass player for Dirty Rotten Imbeciles, who just passed away. Very sad. Uh, I didn't hear about that one. Just happened. I just got news of it last night. It was very heartbreaking. Um, I play, I mean, you have, and I also have played with DRI, and it was just kind of like, it's awesome to have done that we've opened a couple shows with them but it's just you know that's the generation we're at i mean i think when being yeah. in 2020 everybody gets old whether we want to admit it or not and it's now our age we were the kids that were so anti our parents that were we're generation x you know we were the ones that were just like fuck everything and fuck all these so when i hear these kids tell me that i'm old i it's so comical i just cry i have to smile i i literally look at the camera like Mr. Roper used to on Three's Company, because <laughs> you guys, you kids that are listening to this probably don't know, but Three's Company was a really popular show in the 80s, and uh, you would never be allowed on TV now. No, no. Well, uh, none of it would. I think uh, I'm a little bit closer to the new generation. I was You, you claim Gen X, and you are at 50 years old. For me, I'm 38. I just turned 38. Um, a couple weeks ago, and so you're a millennial. I'm at, I'm on the cusp. I'm literally on the cusp. Right. So, I relate because I'm such an. I guess this is say for the terms of this podcast, I'm am a millennial because I'm on the cusp. I relate more to Generation X because millennial wasn't full stream when I grew up. Like I didn't. I grew up with a time when we didn't have cell phones, we didn't have pagers, we didn't have the internet. Sure. We had to read books and watch TV and go ride our bikes still. Like, all that kind of shit still was relevant for my age. Well, we got you beat because we used to get up and actually change the fucking channel. Yeah, no, I had a remote. So there's the difference. <laughs> we had a, I had a remote. It was pretty fucking awesome. It, also, I had the remotes that would run both the VCR and the television at the same time. For sure. What would you watch on, on TV? Would you like a lot of sports? When I was younger, actually, I was a real nerd kid. Like, I would watch at like eight and nine years old reruns of like Dragnet and Hogan's Heroes and stuff like that on Nick at Night. I wasn't impressed with Nick at Night. Yeah, I wasn't impressed with a lot of the cartoons that came out around my time. Like, 
I don't like, I think Inspector Gadget was out and I kind of liked that when I was really young and then I just got older and I was like, I'm not into this. And then, like I said, Hogan's Heroes, Dragnet, Get Smart. Those are the types of shows I watched around like eight, nine and 10 years old. I was into sports and I still am into sports. I never stopped being into sports. A lot of, a lot of people in metal and punk hate sports. I get it because a lot of people from metal and punk decided to get away from that, that whole high school parameter and the jocks beating each other up and all that shit. But, uh, I come from a town called Salinas, California. It's a really small farming town. So I have that small town mentality broadened out by music. Music was the thing that got me out of that town and to go everywhere else. And sports is a big part of my life. I still love it to this day. I'm not into every kind of sport, but I am What's that? a diehard. What's that shirt you're wearing? San Francisco 49ers <laughs> fan. And everybody knows it that knows who I am. Who's playing tomorrow? The 49ers in their seventh Super Bowl. I can't tell you how elated I am about it. I am so happy that I actually have not really discussed it in the last two weeks because the, the excitement level is so big that I'm just kind of like, you know what? I'm going to I'm, I'm going to wait till the game and just let them decide, you know, if we're the best team in the league. But I'll tell you what, nobody saw us coming up this this year, so I'm pretty happy about that. Here's the thing with your entire season, the, the 49ers' entire fucking season. Like you said, no one saw it, and the thing is, is you were consistently dominating. Every game that everybody thought the 49ers were going to lose, they won. With the exception of, what was your what was your ending record for the season? 13-3. See? So that's... And and the, and the losses we had were less than a touchdown. Well, one of them was like more than a touchdown, but it was it was like at the last like we already given up. It was like we could have won. It was against the Atlanta game. Doesn't matter, um, you know, because they're not even in it. That, yeah. was, that was the that was the trap game. the The thing is, is it was the consistent domination. And going into the Super Bowl, you, when you look at it, did Kansas? How did Kansas City do throughout the season? They did pretty good. Uh, Patrick Mahomes got hurt early in the season, but he came back and he dominated. So it's going to be a good Super Bowl. But let me tell you something. Here's a stat that nobody's talking about. Every time the Raiders move cities, the 49ers win the Super Bowl. Oh, I didn't know that. Right? Wait. A, so let me ask you this: The last time the 49ers won a Super Bowl, not gone. Because they lost the last one they went to. I'm going to pull that out as a Dallas Cowboys fan. Um, <laughs> eight and eight, baby. Sucks for you. Eight, eight and eight. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to recover from that. So not the last Super Bowl you're in in 2013, I think it was, but 94. 94. Where did the were the Raiders coming back to Oakland from LA that year? Yes. No shit. Damn, that's an interesting statistic. That's right. And then when they and then the eighties the left the first time, yep. They left right. Oakland to L.A. Right, and we won the Super Bowl then. Oh. Nobody's talking about, dude. And then you know what the funniest thing about that? I know this is how'd you of, find that? I just I find everything. A lot of thing about sports fans don't realize is that every sports fan knows this, and there is who is the on the fucking cover of the Madden game this year, Madden twenty. I don't know who Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> There's a Madden curse every time. Somebody's on the cover. That team chokes in a huge Super Bowl or playoff game. It's just a curse. So the, the stars are lining up. It's it's <laughs> eerily consistent. It's very eerie. Here's the thing that, and I don't know. This is how I felt about this season. I'm like a '90s kid. I got into football in 1990 when I was Cowboys. Eight. Yeah, yeah, Cowboys, and th that's why I'm a Cowboys fan is because they were at the height of. 
everything sure. from like 90 through 95. I think there was only one year they didn't go. Oh, your yeah, year. Yeah, that was our year. That was your year. That we, was we a, were the first to five and stopped your three, Pete. Just, I just want to throw that in there. You can stop flipping me off now. <laughs> so... So that's why I'm a Cowboys fan is because when I actually started paying attention to football, my dad turned it on and he's a Vikings fan, but the Vikings never really do anything. So he was rooting for the Cowboys. So I naturally picked that up and that's why my team and I stuck with it all these years. I'm not sure why, but I'm still am. Where was I going with this? Okay, so just, just yeah. apology to the, the listeners. There is a band yeah. playing next to us. So if you hear music, it's them. They're really great. It sounds like a local Sacramento band playing Stone Temple Pilots. I think there's a big show happening where they're doing the big four grunge, and I think these guys are part of it. Um, wow. Yikes. But back to my point, growing up in the 90s with football, there was three dominating teams in the NFC. There was the Niners, there was the Cowboys, and there was Green Bay Packers. And it was really cool this year. And now they're just us. No, well, the thing is, is like you had to face off with the Packers this year. Had to, yeah, really? the playoffs. Yeah, no, we just stomped them twice this year. It was embarrassing for them. I mean, it was just a beat down and a half. For me, it was kind of cool to revisit those old rivalries that have obviously died off over the past twenty something years. Except for the Cowboys, where you, are they? they they're at home wondering how this new coach is going Speaking to. Speaking of which, what? Is your favorite baseball team? My favorite baseball team is the Dodgers. Fuck all you. I know you're all hating right now. I don't care. I'm a Giants fan. Yeah. But I got to ask. I don't hate the Giants, though. That's I, the I, thing. Well, I hate the Dodgers. It's let, me, fine. let me ask you this. How do you feel about the cheating that's gone on during your World Series where the Astros got busted cheating? And they were literally like, they knew your pitches. They knew what your signals were and they were using technology and banging on garbage cans to show what, if it was going to be an off-speed pitch or a curveball or whatnot. And, and it, yeah, they banged on trash cans, every change up and stuff it like was that. Crazy. I can't believe they're all getting busted. I mean, it's bad and it's going, it's bled over to the Mets. It's bled over to, to the Boston. Red Sox. Yeah. yeah. And it's bad. I'm like, wow. So as a Dodgers fan, because we already had our dynasty at the beginning of the season and we should have, no, you suck. And that's what I'm saying. We literally, <laughs> are the best team of the decade. And yes. if anybody's got anything to disagree with that, they can fuck off because the Giants, San Francisco Giants. Giants were consistent. Yes. Yeah. And they every three, every third time they went, they were the underdog. Mm-hmm. Like they get, like the Giants came back from, the Giants came back from behind the Dodgers in the season to yep. go to the, the World Series. I give it up to the Giants when they win. I, I'm not one of those guys that's just going to hate and hate because. Because you can't. I can't. Well, one, you can't. I'm not going to lie about that. You can't. And number two, like when I was younger and my dad used to, my dad and mom would take me to baseball games. They took me to the closest games around town, which were the Giants games. Even though we were Dodgers fans, we went and watched the Giants play because they're right down the road. What do you think about them getting busted for cheating? I mean, do you think that they should get their title stripped and should hand it to you? No, I don't think they should hand it to us. I don't want a title that way. The trophy? I don't. I don't want it that way, and I don't think the team wants but it that cheated. way. They cheated. They straight fucking cheated. They so literally strip them. knew everything. Strip them. That that World Series that year is just a bunk Ast- year. It's Houston, just a. That's it. The Houston Asterix. The the Houston. Yeah, that should like literally they need to own that name for like the next decade, and that sucks for any of the t- anybody who's signing to the Houston Astros. They got to come in under that umbrella of cheating and all that kind of shit like that. But too fucking bad. I don't think they. I mean, this is, I don't think a lot of sports fans understand how huge this is because this completely trumps the, uh, this the trumps steroid issue of the 90s that everybody The steroid, to. the strike, 
It's uh, this, this, is, this is massive. All that shit pales at like Mark McGuire and Sammy Sammy Sosa. Right. Fucking nothing. Now, this is this is the biggest thing to and happen just to baseball. For the record, after the investigation with Barry Bonds, he was exonerated from that. Yeah, they still put him in that category. But they're a fucking dick to Barry Bonds. They're a total well, he, fucking. He dick. was he was not. The he hates. Guy. No, he hates. <laughs> he watched what the media did to his dad, so he was like, "Nah, fuck you guys." Right. Exactly. Yeah. So he uh, he went in with a chip on his shoulder, but he just tried to avoid them they're a fucking dick to them it's fucking well and like this is this is a dodgers fan protecting a giants player like this you really can't blame them i mean just think about like everything they went through and all that stuff and all i know is that baseball has taken so many black eyes and this one's just a a big one and these are for people that like sports people a lot of people that love music that will watch this don't give a shit about sports what they do give a shit about is the state of music and the industry and the way it's gone where everything is readily accessible. You have instant access to virtually any kind of band you want at your fingertips. There's no need for housings of, you know, uh, material product that holds music. It's all so readily available and convenient. We know this. It's part of technology. It's a gradual progression. Uh, The music industry is definitely taking a hit on it. Uh, The band's... You know, you're, you're saturated. They're completely saturated. So to get heard takes a insurmountable effort just to get people to listen to you, you know, to get viewers and listeners. Because no matter how hard you try, I mean, this goes for big bands, too, because a lot of big bands that are in the big club, they're sinking, you know, because it takes a lot of money and a lot of energy and a lot of work just to get out there. And you can have all this advertising and whatnot, but even still, you got to get. It's like any kind of business. You have to get listeners. You have to get people that are into it. And you're not getting the market share from your product being sold in physical copies anymore. I mean, you could, to a degree, if you're a band that's touring, playing local shows, you sell some merch, that's pretty much the only way you can get paid now compared to the old days. The old days of the the Van Halens and the the Ozzy Osbournes, you know, if you're a new band, you can just kiss that goodbye. It's just not fathomable in the way it's set up. And a lot of people are producing their own music, which I think is a good thing. I think there's good and bad to that. I think that a lot of people can use Pro Tools and virtually create an entire record by themselves, which is nice if you do the work. And then I prefer personally the organic bands that actually still hammer it out in front of microphones. That's my thing. I am old, though. Yes and no. There's there's, there's two to that. And here's the pros and cons of of doing it all yourself versus the old, I guess you could say the old way. There are still people that do the old way with new technology. Sure. And uh, speaking from experience, I've done the old way with technology. I still use the microphones. I still mic everything. There, we can get into the technology of it, but that's a little too deep for what we're talking about. Uh, like using impulse responses and all that shit. No one cares about that unless you're really super into it. There's a lot of cheating that can go on with your home recording. And that's could be a downside. It could be a positive. Just depends on the style of music. One thing that I think is being lost, and I wish I had from coming from someone that records, is you don't have that producer pulling something out of you that you didn't even know was there. When you do it all yourself, you don't have that. Like, like who did the Beatles have? They had that. What was in the guy's name? George Martin. They had George Martin. Nirvana. Who'd they have? Butch Fig. Yeah. All those great producers that pulled something out of those artists that they didn't even know was there is gone when you just choose to DIY it. 
But at the same time, when you choose to DIY it, you can at least get it out there. You're not re- you're not reliant on somebody else, somebody else's cash, somebody else's contract. You're not reliant on anybody else, so you can Deadlines. do it on your own. Exactly. You 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 do it at your own deadline. You release on your own schedule. So th- those are some pros and cons I've ran into. I wish I had that producer that pulled something out of me that I didn't know was there. Just the one difference I've seen with bands that that do all their stuff digitally, it always doesn't deliver when I see the same band live. I mean, it it does to a degree, but for the most part, bands that are used to playing together organically, they hammer it out live and they destroy it. And, and I'm not saying every band. I'm just saying in the middle of the road bands because, yeah, you got bands that are professionals right and they literally work they tour they do everything they can dedicated those guys can pick up a guitar and figure out anything and kill it live it's not that is not the average the averages suggest less than from what i've seen in my experience if you take like all the youtube stars and stuff like that who play guitar justin bieber (laughs) well that's a great the, we can start there. He kind of—I'm not gonna lie—he cha- he started the real big change, the real recent change. The kid in his bedroom, just whatever the fuck, doing some shit, gets picked up, gets some acknowledgement. But now everyone tries to emulate that instead of going the organic route of starting the band, getting in front of the microphone, playing the show. Well, that's how he was discovered. But once that's they it. picked him up, then they stuck him with the producers and everything. He sounded yeah. like he consistently did that. He he produced results because kid can sing, whether you love him or hate him, kid can fucking sing. So, I I, I have no problem with his music. I, I never. I think you can sing. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I say that? Yeah, you, are we still on air? Yo, we're on air. How embarrassing, asshole. Well, you uh, know, that's the thing is like singing. You know, I, everything I hear that's huge, I can see that's just polished to shit with Pro Tools and all that stuff and. I remember there was this Julio Iglesias video. I think it was Julio Iglesias or who's this kid? Enrique Iglesias? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's who it is. He's wailing and he's doing a video and they actually caught him singing on the video and it sounds horrible. It sounds nothing like the recorded thing. It's embarrassing. Oh, yeah. I could find that again. There was another meme that I saw that just came out recently. I posted it on social media and it's got a guy with his laptop and his guitar and it said the modern day musician and it showed back in the, the later musicians, it showed a picture of slash drunk passed out on the floor. It was hilarious. You can have the best of both worlds. I think. Well, yeah, you can get drunk and use computers now. Sure. Or you can use it or you can use new technology to still do the old way. You don't, you have a choice and a lot of people need to realize this with a recording, especially if they're doing a DIY thing. You have a choice. Yeah. You could throw on auto tunes and be lazy or you could belt out a good vocal track and do one vocal, one song in the whole entire day instead of trying to do just belt out some cheap shit, auto tune it and call it good. You know, don't do that. You have that choice. When I'm at home and I and I'm finishing up a bitters recording, I have that choice. I choose not to do it. And we might be slightly out of key as a punk band. Oh fucking well, at least it's real. Isn't that punk rock? That's punk rock. It's real. You don't like, give a shit. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not here to. It's not supposed to. And that, I don't think any form of music should be 100 percent perfect. You're just doing what you want to do. Exactly. It's all about. That's my thing. Is yeah. If, if, if I listen to a band, and I can tell it's true. It's from their heart, and they're expressing it from deep within them, and it's it's as genuine as it can be. I don't care what kind of music it is. I can respect it. Yeah. But when I see something that's just like a carbon copy, I'm like, yawn. Doesn't matter what. I mean, 
I love death metal, right? Big death metal fan. Tech death, it's great. It's very talented. It's very dynamic. But after a while, you know, hey, have you heard uh, Autumn Burns Red? I don't know. You know, it all sounds the same. It's just this carbon copy, and it's just let's alter maybe a little different things. Well, that's different. It's got a gent beat in that, and this one's got a. I'm like, it all sounds the same to me. That's part of being old. You know, my parents said the same thing about Iron Maiden. They're like, that just all sounds the same. It sounds like a bunch of noise. Yeah, they didn't know that difference between Iron Maiden and Slayer. Right. And to us, that's <laughs> exactly. a massive difference. Like, I know right. the fucking difference. Like, there's a huge difference. Or the difference between, like, the Sex Pistols versus Minor Black Threat. Flag. Yeah. yeah Black Flag, yeah. Minor Threat. You know, it's just a huge there's, When you get into a genre, like, okay, with rap, gangster rap, right? When I first heard gangster rap, I thought it all sounded the same until I started listening into it very in-depth. Then I could tell who's got a better voice, who's got a better style, better, better flow, flow yeah. better, a better, you know, the, the, t- the timing, all of it matters, the different samples that are involved. And I'm like, whoa, this is actually very dynamic. Um, but the one thing that still kind of just drives me crazy is commercial country. That is just a, <laughs> that is just a fucking template that's never going to change. And now they barely flare think- it out with some 80s butt rock style. When do you think country died? Let me ask you that because kind of like love it or hate it. At one point, Brooks and Dunn. Thank you. Uh, at one point, country after Brooks and Dunn, it all, Cadillac, Blackjack, it all get down, just, it all just, and boogie. Yeah, it, it all just became like, like bullshit. Like yeah, it just it reminds me of like Bon Jovi. You know, like it's just it's eighties butt rock kind of softer though. But it's just I I can't dig it. Country. The believe me or not, country used to have a form of rebellion to it. Sure, all and, music does, and all you real go, good music does. You go back to the eighties, you go back to the seventies, you go back to the sixties, and stuff like that. And you listen to older country, it the was Johnny all racist, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> Merle Haggard, yeah. But the, <laughs> you did, uh, you, it doesn't. Not all of it was, but the, even you heard real from country before, and then all of a sudden you heard pop out of country. You heard. It's all commercialized. Commercialized. And that's the thing that that's economically viable. And this is one thing I think about how this is a pro of the state of music today. And this is a big pro is without that huge commercial backing, artists can choose to be more real now. Yes. More real. They don't have somebody going, I just gave you a million dollars. You better fix that fucking harmony the way I want it. Right. You can be real now. So I think country music is going to die hard. It's still popular. Nah. It's still popular in that sense of... It's got a huge base. It ain't going anywhere. Rap has a huge... Well, I think country and rap probably have the biggest bases of... Sure. Of fan... Like, biggest fan bases United in the States, world. United States, yeah. Yeah. Those I wouldn't are, say the world. I'd say United States. United States. Like, that... Those are the... If, if someone from another country had no idea what the fuck these states were about and flew in here, you'd hear country and you'd hear pop and rap. Sure. I think country needs to die. And, then, and this happened to punk, so I think you can feel me on this. Punk died in, I would say, the revival of punk died in 2002. Was that when it was? I would say the revival of punk. Okay, well, where's, where's punk rock right now? Dead, and it needed to. And the reason for it the reason for it needed to is because look at what was happening in 2002. You had like all the Bowling for Soups and Newfound Glories and the bubblegum Disney Channel sounding bullshit. Right. It needed to go away because once the once that money gets stuck on it, it's overproduced. Well, now, I, I think I, 
I have to disagree with you. I think punk rock is on the rise again. I've been starting to see more and more punk shows. A genuine. lot of underground. Yeah, genuine punk rock is definitely on its surging back, but it's coming from a more underground level. It's not this like everybody wants to be the big, you know, uh, offspring, yeah. Green Day, whatever. And it's it definitely has a, a lower kind of vibe. You know, that's the thing is that the thing that turned me off about punk is just like with metal where you got these V-neck kids with arm sleeve tattoos that look like they're right out of college, just shredding guitar like Yngwie Malmsteen as a rhythm. You know, <laughs> you know their leads are like the rhythms now, and that's great. But with punk rock, it's it a power like chord. It just got it, it got into its trap too. You got everybody started sounding like social distortion. Everybody has the press dickies and the greaser hair, and it just became this, and the tattoos, and it just became this like formula. And it's super formulated, and then I just kind of lose interest in it. And now I'm not going to say that I want things to be completely chaotic where they don't hold your attention. Like Dillinger Escape Plan, it's just too yeah. gnarly. I mean, it's cool. I like Dillinger, but it's I can only, It's like a drum solo that was music was written around a drum solo. That's totally. Like, that's their band. Mm-hmm. And it, it's cool for a little while, but after a while it gets kind of like death metal. You're just kind of like rolling your eyes. All right, I'm good. That's my personal preference. I'm not saying that it sucks. And I know it, there's a lot of hard work that goes into it, and it's very respectable and appreciated. All I'm saying is just like I, I just personally look for originality in anything. Well, let me ask you this. Are you looking for originality or are you looking for genuine? Because I think if you're going down roads that have already been traveled like punk and metal and stuff, you might not come out with anything original, but you will come out with something genuine. I was going to say both. I mean, they don't have to be both at the same time, but one or the other is definitely attractive. And it doesn't have to just be with punk or metal. It can be with any kind of music. Right. You can tell if something is truly genuine when you listen to the way it's delivered the formatting around it, how much time was put into it, and if it's got, for me personally, I look for hooks. If a song doesn't have hooks in it, I'm kind of, I just get really bored with it after a while. It's been really tough for me to enjoy black metal because it's anti all of that. But at the same time, when I listen to black metal, it's got a, it's more of a, like it reminds me of like early UK punk. I mean. Discharge. Let's go with that. Okay. Total, that, oh yeah, dis- yeah, yeah, yeah. Discharge reminds me of black metal because it's so simple, but it's it's the message that's being brought that's more appealing than the actual music or the quality of it because it's really done poorly. There's like three notes and two chords per song, and you got two sentences per song. That's a whole album that's exactly like that. Becomes redundant after a while, but there's a little bit of genius in there as well because it's got hooks. It's got that catchiness. Oh yeah. And it's very dark and very, uh, just stoic in a way. And it actually derived its own genre from having that. The whole D beat yeah. thing, everything. Total oh discharge yeah. Discharge B. And so black metal to me is kind of like that. It, it really reminds me of that era of just being so simple, stripped down, not flashy, black and white, no flashy colored album covers. No, you got a guy in a forest with a picture. I mean, it's, it's fucking hilarious. Me and my drummer, Toby Swope, we're always joking because he'll send me a picture of a black metal guy. And he's standing, it's one of the guys, I think it's one of the guys from Gorgoroth. He's standing in an alley and it's daytime. Yeah. He's got his full black metal makeup on. He's got, you know, he's got blonde hair and he's just evil. He's got no shirt on. He's just standing there. And there's like old lady walking by him, looking at him like, probably like, what the fuck? And Toby's like, what's this guy doing right here? And I'm like, he's standing there with a pause. And I put in defiance. 
Because <laughs> that's what they are. They're just they're just these fucking pissed off guys that just want everything to burn. I mean, they're just straight nihilists. Yeah. And we're and I don't I don't really look into the devil stuff too much with them. It's more of just the anti corporations anti you got to look in the real meanings behind it it's not just the uh the satanism and whatnot i mean that's just a that's another rebellious thing from the culture it's a counterculture it's a uh, and i'm not too familiar with black metal but i knew they do that yeah satan like dimu borger or Rules. something like that i love that i don't think it's so much as like yeah that maybe they are actively like doing sacrifices and shit but so i don't think all of them are you know what and the reason okay, i th- well, hold on i'm gonna back you up real quick sure dimu borger to me, very early on was black metal, but they're not black metal, nor have they been black metal a long time. Or are they more like a symphonic metal now? Yeah, they're like straight black and death, like very, very corporate published, or not, excuse me, not published, produced, excuse me, produced. Polished. It's nothing yeah. like what they started out as. I mean, like Dark Thrones black metal, early mayhem is black metal. That shit is fucking ugly, it's gnarly, it's dirty, and it's evil, like to its core, as far as what the message is and what it sounds like. It's supposed to sound shitty. When I listen to Dimu Borger or Cradle of Filth, it sounds like I'm listening to a, a symphonic hot topic record. I dropped the wrong name. I'm not familiar with <laughs> I'm not very familiar with black metal. So that's how that's like when people are like, Oh, you listen to Pong, you like Blink one eighty two. It's like Right. Yeah, but there's deeper shit. Yeah, yeah. you're in a black so. metal. Well, I was, okay, you always got to go with, yeah. this is what I always tell everybody. If you want to start, start with the fucking core, right? Right. Punk rock. Let's go with 90s punk rock core. You're going to you're gonna drop Green Day, Offspring, No, no effects. effects, Bad Religion, right? Pennywise. And I would say Bad yeah. Religion is actually a holdover from the 80s. Yeah. But but what I'm saying is black metal, you got to go with Burzum, Mayhem, Dark Throne, See, I want to look this shit up when I go get out of here because I'm yeah. not that I'm not that deep into black metal, well, but you, uh, my ears are open. Right? Yeah, Satyricon. When you get into those bands, that's when you get all the crazy, like you know, the mayhem shit that with the movie and all that stuff. But the movie right. was like really polished. It was nothing like what it really went down. And even Lords of Chaos, the book that it was based on. If you talk to the guys from the the actual guys that were in those bands, are like, no, that's bullshit. It's not how it happened. Well, that goes back to our point. It's like, is it Satanism because they actually were worshiping the devil and doing that? Maybe. I don't know. Or is it Satanism because it's just, that's like the the way that they can show how anti-establishment well, they are. On. I mean, think about it, dude. Like, if you look at all the satanic bands in the 80s, like, where do you go from there? You have to go. Darker. As gnarly as you can you get. Can't, you, can't just, you can't just put the pentagram on your fucking kick drum like Motley Crue did. And, right. Yeah. And I remember back then, I remember people were so terrified of that. And I was cracking up because we were already well into, like, Venom and Merciful Fate. And, Slayer and shit. Right. Yeah. All the really gnarly shit. And so I would just laugh when I see that stuff. And even, even when you think about it, Slayer was pretty comical when they were first, like, when they had the makeup on. Oh, yeah. They did not come out with mercy. a good look. <laughs> <laughs> that was not a good yeah, I mean, look. It was it was rad because they were cool at the time. But when they when they got in the hell awaits and live undead, like after Show No Mercy, that's when they were the fucking shit because they had that like really like a hardcore punk rock vibe. Yeah. They weren't they were metal, but they they really aligned themselves with like suicidal tendencies, DRI that crossover scene they were definitely crossover to a degree and just watching them sprout i was just blown away as a child and wanted i wanted to be slayer i wanted everything to do with them undisputed attitude 
Oh, that was oh. that was the best, the best. When they when, when they released that cover record of all like I already was into punk rock, but listening to that Slayer doing punk doesn't get any better. Yeah, Slayer did punk better than punk. I talked to Nicky yeah. Sicky about that. I asked him the singer for Verbal Abuse, and I go, "What was that like?" He goes, "Oh, me and Slayer, me and Kara Car- King just called me one day and just asked me." Yeah, you know, we could probably get them on the show and interview. That's one of the things I want to tell you guys is this is our first podcast. We're kind of just breaking the ice, but we will have interviews coming in. And speaking of that, um, yeah, Nikki Sicky was a good friend of ours. Uh, I played a band called Psychosomatic, and he did a guest vocals on one of our albums, and then he did a video with us. It was really cool because we played in Oakland one time. He shows up. Hey, I really like that that punk rock song you do. It's called uh, Everybody Hates Me. That's a great punk rock song. I'm all, hey, yo, dude, do you want to sing it live? Oh, man, I'd love to. I was like, fuck yeah. So we did it live at the Hazmat. We did it once at the Fire Escape in Sacramento. And then we were doing the album. I call up Nikki. I'm like, hey, dude. Do you want to sing on the album? And he goes, man, I'd love that. So he comes down, he, he does it, and it, it sounds great. It went great on the album. And then we're going to shoot a video for it. I'm like, hey, Nick, you do you want to shoot a video? He literally said, man, I'd love that. So <laughs> just, that's he, consistency he, right he there. Comes in, <laughs> he comes in, and we do the video, and he doesn't really know what to do. We didn't know what the fuck we were doing. He's just like, all right, let's just do it. So he bangs it out, and it was great. And as he was doing that, I was asking him, I was like, yo, dude, what's up with that? That Slayer shit, man. How was that? And he goes, oh, dude, yeah, me and Carrie go way back. We used to play with Slayer back in the day, like Ruthie's in and all that stuff when they were first starting. So we, we remained friends for a while. And he just asked me, hey, man, we're going to cover a couple of songs. They ended up covering like four or five songs on that record. Right. So it was a lot. And yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? He goes, yeah. He goes, yeah, I, I got a couple checks from them every year. Like, <laughs> really? He's like, yeah, they, they just end up in my bank account. I'm like, holy shit, what'd you get? He's like $10,000. I'm like, holy shit. Just Fuck for, yeah, dude. Yeah, I was tripping. He's like, yeah, it just comes every now and then. I was it's, like, dude, that's badass. Slayer's gone beyond the, the Slayer's gone beyond that level of being a band. They're now an icon. Slayer, whether you want to say it or not, Slayer's a household name. I like when people talk shit about Slayer. Why? I don't understand. <laughs> like, I, I never understand why anybody, or like people that talk shit about Metallica. Like, right. it's like, love them or hate them, dude. It's like, look okay. what they've accomplished. Okay. okay, time out. Metallica made themselves a target when they cut their fucking hair and got lame. That's where they fucked up. Slayer had a couple of bad albums, but they've been consistent the whole time. I don't think Slayer has a bad album. They have albums that I got bored with. Because they they didn't excite me like Come other on. ones, but I don't want to say. So what's a bad album? I love God Hates Us All, Diablo Musical, whatever the hell that one. That one sucked. The only thing I did, the only I hated the um, Divine Intervention. I didn't care for that one because You're fucking smoking. The, crack. the reason not because the songs were bad, but because I hated the production and mix on it. Rules. I did. I, I did not sh- care okay, for you're, it. You're stupid. Maybe, but whatever. But I don't, I like, even so, I still like the songs on it. Like, when they play songs off of that live, I'm like, fuck Dude, yeah. No, that album fucking slays. I would say the only ones I don't care for are, like, Christ Illusions, kind of like, no, it's okay. Oh it's all right. It's very new, newer style. I would what? say, I would say, all God Hates Us All has even got some really shitty songs on it. Like what? Like, when he starts kind of rapping in that, I was like, yeah, no. Oh, you mean, like, on Threshold or something? I guess, sure. Yeah, I like Threshold. That's a good song. That's okay. What's that? What's the one song I like on that one? There's payback and no, this... no, no, no. It's uh, new faith. How's it go? I'm trying to remember it right now. I guess I don't pay attention to the names. I just let the fucking thing so ride. You don't even know Slayer. Anyways, I let it ride, dude. But I like I like World Painted Blood. It's a great record. Um, Are you like that over Christ? Yeah. Why? Let me ask. Because uh, like, because again, it has uniqueness. It's a little brave. It goes off tracks, and it's still heavy as fuck. 
I did love it. I loved World Painted Blood. It was a great album. I'll agree with you that it was unique. Yes, and but it wasn't cheesy. It wasn't lame. It didn't be, fall into that trap of threshold. It just sounded fucking like he's all like I was imagining. this new metal shit, man? And my fucking Slayer, get it out. I liked Christ Illusion a lot, though. I think that was a great. I gave it a once over. It just didn't really grab at me. It wasn't bad. It just because I don't think any Slayer record's really horrible. It just had its one or two good songs, and I kind of got really bored with it. And that's kind of where they went towards the end. Um, even the last album, Relentless, was the same thing. Repent- I was, uh, Repentless. Repentless, yeah, whatever it is. I I only made it through that album once. I, I I listened to it a good twice, and then I just kind of it just it has its two good songs, and I'm kind of like yawn. Yeah, the rest faded out basically. Right. But Slayer's amazing. I was just really hoping that fucking Gary would have some kind of writing in that. I would have been crazy because I am one of the world's biggest Exodus fans, Gary Holt as well, and that guy shreds. And I was hoping they could incorporate the two, but it just wasn't going to happen. They got to keep their style. They have to keep their style, and I think they kind of knew that they were done at the same time. Yeah, because we all know what the big four is. What would you say? I mean, you know, that's the big four, whatever. And that's the thing, like I said, Metallica made themselves a target. They did because they, they got too different. They got too weird and they made reload. And I think St. Anger were the most embarrassing moments of Metallica's well, career. Reload was just more of load. Like it wasn't, right. it was all the same recording session. So like load and reload are all one big. Album. And I thought that was a bunch of crap too. I didn't think it was a bunch of crap. Cause to me, it just sounded like black album. It just sounded like the black album with the different amps. Like they went from the Mesa Boogie Mark Four to the Mesa Boogie Dual Rectifier. What do you think about Lars Ulrich's snare on Saint Anger, the garbage can? Bears. Everybody, that was they. They had the ability to really think about what they could have done there, and I like the what they tr- they tried to create a punk rock attitude with that album, and they didn't pull it off, unfortunately. But I like the fact that they're just like, you know what? We're not going to go full production value. We're not going to go. We're not going to go crazy with making this thing as polished as fuck. We're just going to be angry. Unfortunately, it wasn't good writing. Like, you, it has to be really good writing to pull that off. And those aren't good songs. Why not? They just aren't. It, like, uh, tick 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 tock. I think they just ran out of ideas. Like that was be- their latest couple records are pretty good. Death, Death Magnetic yeah, and uh, Hardwired to Self Destruct. I think those le- records fucking rock. They're pretty legit. But Frank tick 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 tick. It's like what the? F- <laughs> and that's the first song. And then the last song, he's just sitting there going kill 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 kill. I was like, what the fuck are yeah, you doing, he was, dude? He was, get, he was getting rad right there, man. <laughs> I was just like, you gotta feel him. Like, what is going on here? And he was getting rad. He's like, or, nah, 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 and like the one song that was redeemable, the actual Saint Anger song. There's, a, there's. You like that song? I said it was redeemable. I thought it sucked. There are parts of it that were redeemable, but there's just there's this one part in it, and it should like it's one of those things where it's like he's just doing that same anger. And then in the background, you have this weirdo going, "You flush it out, you flush it out." It's like, well, it's not a weirdo. That's um, what's uh, his name? I that was Bob Rock. Right. It's just like man, you know, just they're flushing out, dude. They <laughs> gotta flush it out. But Death Magnetic and Hardwired to Self Destruct were really. Death redeemed. Magnetic was pretty cool. It and had a couple lame songs on it, but overall, it, it they got back to their original formula. Exactly. Which like is they, really nice. They figured it out. And Hardwired, I like that. The actual the title song, Hardwired to Self Destruct, that's a fucking cool ass punk tune. 
Yeah. It's fast. It's it's that's yeah. a really good one. I was yeah. impressed. I personally I was kind of surprised when I heard it. I was like, "Oh shit, this is actually fucking legit." Yeah. It's really good. It had a, it had fla- it had kill 'em all flavors in it. Yeah. And that's what it was dope about was they they reached back throughout their entire good part of their 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 discography. Like they took bits from Black and Justice and Puppets and Ride and Kill 'em all. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, just want to—I want to make this clear to our listeners: we are going to have interviews. Um, this, like I said, this is our first podcast, so we're just kind of breaking the ice on this, and hope you listen to. Next week, we will have a couple interviews. I have one with uh, Tim Wilson from Wolf King. Sweet. And they're a band that's signed on Prosthetic Records. They already have an album out. They've done a lot of tours, and they have a new album coming out soon. They're in the studio right now. And then I also have Luke Pabich from Good Riddance. So I know Mike loves that band. I, I've known the guy for years. He's really awesome. Unfortunately for Luke, he is a Saints fan. They lost. You know, we watched the Super Bowl together. He was right there next to me while we lost the Super Bowl uh, against the Ravens. He was just like, standing right next to me, just fucking looking at me in my face. I'm like, God damn it! Like, <laughs> it's, just, uh, it's, it's horrible. But he'll be he'll be here to do a, an interview with us. So that'll be next week. Uh, we're gonna put this out and hopefully you guys enjoy it. Listen to our useless banter, but we're going to get, um, it'll be a little bit more in detail, a lot more topics, but we're going to close this out. If you guys, uh, like it, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. It'll be on Spotify. It'll be on Apple, Apple iTunes, Apple iTunes podcast. It'll be on Stitcher. All the, all the big ones that you know about YouTube. I can throw them up on YouTube if you want. Yeah. I think for listening points of view, it's going to be easier on the other ones. But if you like, if YouTube's your way to go, buddy, I'll have it there. I just want to get it out there and we'll see who likes it. And uh, love y'all. See you next time. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.